Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. the church talks about that enough. Uh, I think we talk about things that we like to talk about, but we don't talk about what it means to be a believer. You are more than just Sunday morning attenders, amen? And as a matter of fact, I, I hate, I even hate that term, Sunday morning attenders. I, I want, or I even hate to be called, you know, the term Christian, because the more appropriate title is believer, Amen? Because a lot of people claim to be a Christian, don't they? They claim to be, I mean, how many movie stars claim to be a Christian and they go out and use four-letter words in their movies or, or do movies with nudity? They claim to, and everybody talk about, oh, well, their person's a Christian. Well, I just saw their last movie, and I don't think that that's possible. I don't think you can have nude women in your movie and still be considered a Christian. Maybe I'm a little weird about that, but you know, I don't think you can live that Christian lifestyle, amen? But what I'm talking about is I'm talking about being a believer. I'm talking about being a disciple, being set apart. See, a Christian has to be set apart, amen? We have to be weird. Any weirdos in the house today besides me? Amen. Praise God, we got some weirdos in the house today. I love it when kids raise their hand like, I'm a weirdo pastor. That's right, you're a weirdo with me, Amen. It's okay to be weird, okay? That's because weird means different. Weird means different, amen? I love it when I walk into Fred Meyer's and, and, and one of two things happens. I become Moses and the people scatter. <laughs> you think I'm joking, right? You think, I, I kid you not, I walk into Fred Meyer's and I was like, oh, and the people scatter because they don't want to talk to me, okay? Because my first question is, where have you been? How come you're not in church? That's my first question, right? Or it's like a magnet. <laughs> Pastor, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Either way, it's funny to me. I, I'm really not allowed to go to Fred Myers anymore with Jenny. She's like, you just either need to wait in the car because we're here an hour and we can't do that anymore, okay? But it's really funny how people react, right? I love going places and people knowing, not just because I'm a pastor, because they know that the presence of God flows in me and follows with me, Amen. And that's the way it should be for us, is in everything that we do, everything that we say, and every way that we act, everything that we are, personifies the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And if we have something before Him, if we have something before Him that is more important than Him, then guess what? That is called an idol. That is called an idol. We love the Lord. Amen? And so I want us to be more than just a church full of people who show up on a Sunday morning and get some good food afterwards at Pollock. I want a church full of people who are Holy Ghost breathing, tongue talking, shouting, praising, worshiping people of God. Amen? But today we're going to talk about being a believer because this is one of the toughest parts about being a believer. This is the toughest part is that trouble will come. Trouble will come. 
See, we've been spoon-fed these lies for so many years that, oh, if you just serve God, you're going to live a victorious life, implying that no trouble comes. No, in order to have victory, you've got to go through the battle. Amen? You've got to go, and the better the victory, the harder the battle. Amen? If you could stand, when they stood up on Iwo Jima, and they put the, uh, the American flag down, it was a tremendous loss of life in the battle, and it was hard, it was difficult. And the men who came back there were never the same. The greater the victory, the harder the battle. I will tell you, brothers and sisters, we must go through the battle sometimes, okay? You must go through the battle, amen? Do not think for a moment that you are exempt. Do not think for a moment that it does not apply to you. Do not think for a moment that you are exempt from anything. No, you will go through a battle. Amen? Paul said this in 2 Corinthians. Bring this up for me, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. This is Paul talking. You remember Paul? He wrote over half the New Testament. Paul was a man of God. He was a teacher. He said this, we are hard-pressed on every side. That doesn't sound too optimistic, doesn't it? That sounds kind of difficult, doesn't it? He says, we're hard-pressed on every side. Then he says, yet not crushed. So in other words, the enemy was coming in on him, and he felt the breath of the enemy. But he says, you know what? They may be hard on me, but I am not crushed this morning. Amen. Praise God, if there was a testimony of victory dance right there, it would be right at that moment. The enemy may be coming against me. He may be pressing on me a little bit. I may be feeling his bad breath on me right now, but he's not crushing me, amen? We are perplexed. You know what that perplexed means? You know what that means? It means you're confused. Anybody confused about what they're going through? It's okay to say yes. I'm confused about some stuff I'm going through. I'm like, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> Lord, where are you at? We're perplexed. We're confused, but not in despair. Paul says, but I'm persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Praise God. Praise God. What I want to communicate to you this morning, brothers and sisters, is that you will go through in trouble. And it's so easy to get in despair. It's so easy to, to the, the Bible says your face is cast down. That means you're sad. That means you're, you've got a frown on your face. And, and those things happen. You go through it. But I want to tell you this morning that he is the lifter of our head this morning. Amen. He is the one who takes us and turns that frown into a smile. Not because our situation has necessarily changed, but we know who we serve. Amen. We know that there is the God of tomorrow. Amen. Our God has not left us. He has not denied us. He has not refused us. He has not forsaken us. He has not taken away from us. He stands by us. He walks beside us. He comes by us and tells us it's going to be okay. Okay, amen. He tells us it's going to be okay. He lets us know, I got you. 
Isn't it great to know when somebody's got you? Isn't it great to know that you can say, Lord Jesus, and he immediately comes up to your side? Isn't it great to know that I have someone that I can call on? Isn't it great to know that I have a Savior this morning, that I can say, Jesus? I tell you what, man, we got to quit calling on social media when we're in trouble. We get in a quick calling on the Instagram when we need some affirmation. That's not going to give you affirmation. The only thing that's going to give you true affirmation is the Holy Ghost. Amen? The Holy Ghost is going to lift you up. The Lord is going to lift you up. He's going to be there for you in the time of trouble. Quit looking to the world for your salvation. It will not give you salvation. If anything, it will turn on you and cast you down and trample upon you. Not so the Lord. The Lord will get down in the dirt with you. He will lift you up. He will carry you. He will heal you. He will put upon you the balm of Gilead. He will love you like no one else ever has. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We need to stop being attenders in the church. We need to be believers. When you believe in something, you're passionate about it. You're passionate even when things don't look so good, you're passionate about it, right? Even when things aren't the greatest, you're passionate about it. A believer stays with it. A believer knows. See, Jesus warned us that trouble was going to come. I'm sick of these preachers getting up and acting like there's no trouble. I'm sick of it. Can I, can I tell you something? I'm going to go so far as to call them false prophets. Can I say that? Don't matter if you say no, I said it. They're false prophets if they're telling you, all you got to do is believe in yourself and believe in the one, believe within the God within you. There's no God within you. What is wrong with you? Well, there, there is God inside of me, amen? But the way they say that is, it's like there's, there's power within me that is my own power. That's what they're trying to say. I have no power within me. The only power in me is that which God has given me, amen? That which God has given me, amen? All these guys are looking to do is to sell books anyway. Go ahead and sell your book, but you'll be reading it somewhere else. It won't be heaven. That's the way I look at it. I know that's kind of harsh, but I'm going to be real about it, amen, because it's a false gospel, amen. We're going to go through trouble. Jesus says this. He says, these things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Where's that peace at? Is it in church? No. Coming to church is a part of it, though. But our peace is in Jesus. Our Listen to that, brothers and sisters. Our peace is in Jesus. Do we understand how powerful that is? My, I can go to the hospital and deal with the worst case that I've ever seen of what someone's going through. And I can walk out of there knowing that I still have the peace of Jesus. Amen. I can go to the funeral home and deal with death. I can go to the grocery store and deal with high prices. Amen. I can go fill my car up with too expensive gas and still have the peace of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I, I don't care. I don't care who's in the White House. Oh, he's getting political now. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. 
Bear with me a second, okay? Listen, I love my country, and I'm upset about things that are going on, but that doesn't affect my relationship with Jesus, amen? There are Christians who have allowed whose president affect where they go to church. What is wrong with us? What, what is wrong with us that we judge each other based on our political affiliations? My only judgment of you is, do you love Jesus? Well, pastor, if they truly love Jesus, they wouldn't like that person. Listen, we're not supposed to judge. Did you know that? That's not our job. Our job is to love people. If you voted for Biden, if you voted for Trump, if you're going to vote for Biden, if you're going to vote for Trump, well, God bless you. I love you anyway. Amen? I, listen, my love for you or our love for the church or our love for people is not based on who we vote for. It's whether or not they're going to heaven or hell and they need to go to heaven. Amen? We need to get off. We need to get off this political thing about trying to bring about a Christian nation because, listen, the only way that's going to happen is if we quit our protesting and we get down on our knees and pray for one another. Amen? I'm sick of the protesting. I want us to love one another. Amen? I've never seen a protest change anything. I've never seen a protest change anything. What I have seen is I've seen prayer meetings change the world. Amen? 120 years ago, there was a prayer meeting in Southern California. This prayer meeting said, we just want to know you, God. That was all the prayer meeting. And all of a sudden, upon these people, African Americans, Hispanics, poor white people, they were just praying, Lord, we want to know you. We want to know you. We want to know you. And upon that group of people, the Holy Ghost fell. And from that was birth a Pentecostal movement, brothers and sisters. Don't tell me that our prayer meeting can't change the world. Amen? He said, but I know that you may have my peace. In the world you will have, what's that word? Tribulation. For those who are following along with me in your Bibles, John 16, 33. He said, but be of good cheer. Amen. In other words, tribulation's going to come. Anybody know what tribulation is? It's trouble. It's trouble. We've got to quit teaching our kids that trouble won't come. Amen? They need to understand that life is not a fairy tale full of rainbows and all that stuff, okay? You're going to go out into a world that doesn't like you, that hates you as a matter of fact. But guess what? Guess what? This is what Jesus says. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Did you guys hear that part? Be of good cheer. You know what that means? You know what being of good cheer means? That means you let out a joyful noise, amen? It means you get excited. Pastor, I don't believe getting excited in church. Well, Jesus said to get excited. I don't care what you believe. I'm talking about what he said, okay? Jesus said to get excited. He says, be of good cheer. You know why they have cheerleaders at football games? Because sometimes the game can get a little boring, okay? Right? And so they bring out the cheerleaders to get you excited. Amen? Amen? So I'm telling you, be of good cheer. How many is going through a problem right now? Come on, be well, raise your hand if you're going through a problem right now. Then you should be the first one to stand up on your feet and say, praise the Lord. Oh my gosh, that was the weakest thing I ever saw in my life. Let's reenact that moment. You should be the first one. This is you. 
Praise the Lord, Pastor. Come on. You guys understand what I'm saying? We should be excited because we know that we have the peace of Jesus. Amen. I know life is hard. I get it. I know. My wife and I were talking the other thing. We started talking about all the things that we're dealing with and all the things that we're facing. We started getting a little depressed. And we started to compare. Like, well, I said, well, I'm dealing with this. And she said, well, I'm dealing with that with you, but I'm dealing with this. And it became, you know, whose was worse. And obviously, I won. Right? No. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? It seems like to me the enemy's trying to bring us down, don't you think? And she said, yeah. I said, that must mean the enemy's scared about something, don't you think? And she said, yeah. And I started looking at us and I said, well, praise God. Well, wait a minute, honey. Our, our, our troubles are still here. They don't look like they're going to go away anytime soon. And I said, well, praise God. I know that we have his peace. Amen. We have the peace of God. Then in the moment when it seems like nothing's going right, I can raise my hand and say, praise the Lord. See, that's what a believer does. Amen. We're not talking about being a believer. A believer doesn't look at their present circumstance and what they're going through. Because if we looked at our present circumstance, Josh, it can get kind of depressing, right? But you look at the future, amen? You look at it through spiritual eyes and say, I'm not where I want to be, but I know where I'm headed, amen? And even if it's not going to get better, then praise God, I will be on the streets of glory, amen? I will be on the streets of glory. See, I never understood when a Christian, a believer, gets upset about dying. I've never understood that. Bear with me here. Don't get offended at me. But when a true believer gets upset about dying, really they're upset because they don't want to leave this world. There's nothing in this world that's worth not leaving for, okay? You want to stay behind and pay bills? Go ahead. If you want my bills, I'll send them to you. Amen? Does anybody want my bills? I'll send you my house payment, okay? Amen. Pray. You'll take them. Thank you, Pierre. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. He raised his hand. He <laughs> I'll be sending that to you next week. What is there on this world that's worth anything? Well, my family. Listen, if your family's saved, they're going to see you up there too, right? Come on. I got to tell you. When the Lord says, okay, Keith, it's time to come home, I'll have my bags packed, I'll have my toes ready to go, and I'll say, okay, God, let's go. Love you, bye, let's go. I want to be with Jesus this morning, amen? I know God will take care of my family. I know that he'll do that, but we got to quit getting so upset about trouble, amen? we got to have the joy of the Lord, amen? Praise God. See, the, what I'm talking about is to not diminish our pain and suffering. But to understand how we act when there's trouble. Now sometimes the trouble is because of our own actions, right? Sometimes it's just because of life. But sometimes we go through the fire because God is teaching us something, amen? God has a testimony for someone else, amen? Amen. In Daniel chapter 6, we read this story. I, people ask me where my sermons come from. And can I tell you that my sermons come from just reading the Word of God? I don't get my sermons from sermons.com or 
anywhere else or from other pastors. I mean, other pastors may inspire me from time to time, but I literally get my messages just by reading the Word of God. Amen? So I was reading the Word of God, and I was reading about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, and I thought that was amazing. But the next chapter over, we read about Daniel in the lion's den. And it struck a chord with me. And I want to share this with you this morning if I can. I need you to pray for me because I'm really not feeling all that great. And it's a little bit of a difficulty being up here. So you can just maybe lift your hands and say, Pastor, or Lord, just touch Pastor right now. Give him strength, God. Thank you, Lord. I've been battling this bug for the last couple days, and, and uh, we're, we're going to get through this today, amen? But I want to share with you, that I read this story about Daniel in the lion's den. And man, I looked at this story a whole new way. I looked at this story, and it really just kind of blew me away because I feel like I've been told this story wrong. I feel like I've been told this story in a way that wasn't true. See, you know the first part of the story, how Daniel was in Persia, and how there was an edict that went out that said it because the, the other rulers were jealous of Daniel. They were jealous. They, were, they wanted to say, the only thing we can capture him and the only thing we can accuse him in is his, his actions toward his God. We know we can catch him guilty on that. And so they convinced Darius to put out this plea that said that you can't pray to anyone else but the king. Can I tell you that's where we're heading right now as a country? Did you know that? We're headed there. We're, we're headed to a place where they're going to start telling us what to do and where to pray and how to pray. They're going to try to shut churches down. It, it already it started back in COVID. They, they realized that they could shut churches down, and we did it so easily. We just we did it because we were trying to be good citizens. But they realized they could shut us down. That's where we're headed, brothers and sisters. So this law came out, and it says this in Daniel chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Can I tell you what an amazing, what an amazing testimony about you that people find you faithful? Isn't that an amazing, because you can always look at someone and find some fault, couldn't you? You can always look at someone and say, well, they should be doing this or they should be doing that. But they couldn't find anything against Daniel except that he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these being said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So Daniel did whatever he did always did is he got up and he prayed every morning he got up three times a day he would get up and he prayed his face towards Jerusalem people ask me all the time well pastor how do I become a good believer how do, how do I how do I deepen my walk 
And can I tell you that if you want to learn how to deepen your walk, you go back and you do what the ancients did. Daniel set aside time for prayer three times a day. Daniel was an important person. He was the second in the kingdom. He was powerful. He was over so many people, but he found time to pray three times a day. If you do that, then you will become something. And, and you can't really tell me that you don't have time because I know what we spend our time doing, don't we? Listening to music, even if it's praise music. If you listen to praise music more than you read the Bible, then the praise music becomes the idol. Did you know that? You got to balance it out, amen? Or reading the word of God or just spending time listening to God. We got to do those things, amen? And so Daniel did those things and they, they, they came and they told him, it says, okay, we're going we're gonna to throw you in the lion's den. Daniel here was facing adversity because of his faith. And not just his faith, his obedience. Daniel didn't try to hide his prayers. He prayed like he always did. He knew he would get caught. But he prayed, amen? So they came. They brought him before Darius. And Darius said, what are you, what are you doing? You can't. You can't do that. And Daniel's, I'm paraphrasing here, so just bear with me. Daniel's like, I, I've, I'm going to be obedient to God. It's similar to the story of the three Hebrew children. He says, I've got to be obedient to God. And Darius loved Daniel, so he tried everything he could to change the law, but he couldn't. It was written down. It was, it was by the laws of the Medes and the Persians. It couldn't be revoked. And so at the end of the day, Daniel was to be thrown into the lion's den. Now, because we don't really have lions around here, it's kind of hard for us to understand or imagine what this is about. A couple days ago, I got a phone call from my daughter. And she said, Dad, are the dogs inside? And her voice was kind of quivering a little bit. Quivering, she was scared. And I said, uh, yeah? She goes, well, there's a bear down here, and I'm afraid to come in. I need my big, strong dad to come in and make a difference in my life. So naturally, I ran downstairs. No gun. Just ran downstairs. And the bear and I locked eyes. And I said, get thee behind me. And he fled. And then I went out to the car, and I ushered my daughter in. Some people call me a hero. About half of that story is true. I went down to the door and I looked for the bear behind the door. If I saw the bear, I said, Julie, just stay in the car. I ain't going nowhere. I didn't see the bear. I opened the garage door. I said, come on, come on, come on, come on. And all I had was like a little broom or something to try to protect me from a bear. Right? But we have respect for bears, don't we? Because we know what they can do, right? That's a funny story. And, you know, of course, I claim to be the hero. Really, I was just a scaredy cat trying to get her in the door. But that was just one bear. Imagine a lion. Lions hunt people. Lions hunt people. And there was a den of lions. And the punishment, the Medes and the Persians, they were extraordinary in their punishment. 
They said, if you're going to violate our law, we're going to throw you to the lions, and the lions will rip you apart and eat you and do all those horrible things. we got kids in here, so I'm going to be kind of vague, even though I was a little deliberate there. I'm going to be a little vague in how I talk about what happens. So by this time, Daniel was older. By this time, Daniel was probably in his 80s. So for them to throw him to the lions, even just to throw into the cave would have been harmful for him. So I want you to understand, it wasn't simply like Daniel walked in there like this and fell asleep and slept like a baby. The Bible doesn't say that. Can I tell you what I think happened? They threw Daniel in the lion's den and Daniel got up and he's down there on the ground because he's older. He's hard to get up, right? And I imagine the lions rushed over because they were hungry. But the Bible says something at the end. Daniel says this. He says, he says the lions' mouths were closed. He never said the lions didn't try to eat him. He never said that. He never said the lions didn't try to come over and paw at him, did they? He never said any of that. He never said any of the things that the lions didn't do. All he said is that they were unable to open their mouths, and they probably got a little frustrated. Amen? So can you imagine... While Daniel was there, how fearful that was when the lions were gumming him. They were putting their teeth on him. He could feel their breath. Are you hearing the picture? Are you feeling it now? He could feel them walking around. He could feel them being frustrated. He could feel them all over them. He could feel them coming up to him. He could feel them standing over him, wanting so bad and so frustrated to devour this meal, but they couldn't do it. Amen? See, here's what I want to tell you this morning. Some of you, you're feeling the breath of the lion. I imagine Daniel didn't sleep that night. I mean, sure, he, the, the lion's mouths didn't open, but how comfortable was that? You're down there in the cave, and there's all these vicious animals walking around you. I, that would have been uncomfortable, right? But he did it. He was down there. He was probably up all night long. Isn't it? You ever been in a stressful situation that keeps you up all night? You ever been in a situation where you feel the enemy's breath and you just know, you just know that you know that you know that they can open their mouths at any minute and, and devour you? Do, have you ever felt like that before? We don't need to minimize what us believers go through. You will go through times like that. And I will tell you, either you're going through a problem, you've come out of a problem, or you're about to go into a problem. That's what a Christian's life is. Can I say that again? Either you're going through a problem, you're coming out of a problem, or you're about to go through a problem. That peace that you think you have for a moment, you're about to go through the storms again. Amen? That's what being a believer is all about. But it's time that we stop focusing on the cave with the lions. Amen? And we focus on the morning when God's going to remove the stone. Amen? When he's going to give us deliverance. When he's going to say, hey, I've been with you the whole time. Now, the great thing happened is the next morning, Darius, because Darius felt bad, right? Darius felt bad. He runs out to the cave. He says, Daniel, Daniel, is the God that you serve, that he saved you. You know what Daniel said? He said, O king, live forever. O king, live forever. The God has shut 
the mouths of the lion and has kept me. Amen. We need to understand that this morning. And you know what Darius did? Darius immediately turned around to God. He says, I'm going to serve God now. You know what? Sometimes, brothers and sisters, the, the problem that you're going through is a testimony to somebody else that they may win the Lord Jesus Christ into their life. Amen. We're not going to win anybody with us belly aching. You know what belly aching is? Has anybody ever heard that word? Belly aching? When we sit down and we go, oh me, oh poor me. Listen, I, I know things are hard. I get it. I'm not belittling anybody. But as believers, we see something that nobody else does. We see hope. We see the Lord moving in our lives. We have to stop being consumed with our problems. We have to be able to say, when somebody asks us how we're doing, say, you know what? The Lord has closed the mouths of the lions. The Lord has closed the mouths of the lions today. Amen? I want to tell you that whatever you're going through today, there is no problem so bad that God can't fix it. There's no problem today that is so awful that God can't come in and make it right. Amen? I want to tell you whatever you're facing today, that God is greater. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, God is greater. Come on, say it again. God is greater. God is greater. God is greater than my troubles. God is greater than my trials. God is greater than my pain. God is greater than my heartbreak. Amen. God is greater. Amen. God is greater. Amen. We've got to be that church that looks at the enemy in the eye and say, whatever you bring at me, my God is going to come at you so much harder. Amen. Whatever you try to come at me with, my God stands beside me. He stands behind me. He stands above me. He stands in front of me. Whatever I'm dealing with today, and trust me, my troubles are numerous. My family's going through an upheaval now with my parents. Dealing with things that I never thought I would have to deal with. There's a grieving there with us. There's grieving because we know what's coming. Separation. All those things. There's grieving. There's grieving in knowing that we're going to deal with some things that we don't want to deal with. But in that, I will tell you, in spite of all those things that we deal with, I have never met a more faithful God than the one that I have right now. Amen? I want to tell you that in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the issue, God is faithful. God is faithful. Well, maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe you feel like, well, he's not been faithful to me. Let me, let me demonstrate how he's been faithful to you. Are you ready? You're here this morning. You're alive. We do this sometimes. Everybody take out their hand. 
Put it in front of your face. Blow on it. You feel that? That means you're not dead. You may have just realized you should use some breath mints. Okay, that happens. Right? I had somebody do that one time and they went like that. I saw them. It was pretty funny. But you're alive. Amen? Some of you have been in the hospital this week. Guess what? You're alive. Some of you have gone through trials and tribulation, but guess what? You're alive. Some of you have faced things like divorce, and you face things like abuse, but guess what? You're still alive, amen? You face heartache and pain. You, have, you feel like the world has come down upon you, but guess what? You're alive, amen? The enemy has not consumed you. The enemy has not consumed you, amen? The enemy tried to come against you, and Jesus said, no, they're mine, amen? I want you to know this morning, brother and sister, we are not done yet. You are not done yet. But see, this next moment is critical. Go ahead, Julie, come on up. This next moment is critical because you have to decide what it is that you're going to do. Are you going to continue to wallow I realize the hope that is God. Are you going to continue to drown in your sorrows using coping mechanisms like alcohol and drugs which bring no relief? Alcohol is only going to make things good for a moment and when you wake up that problem is still there. And sometimes you wake up after alcohol and your family is gone, so it just got worse. The only thing that's going to turn your life around is Jesus. The only thing that's going to make things right is Jesus, amen? The only thing that's going to make things perfect again is Jesus. It doesn't mean that, that your life is going to improve, there's going to be no more problems. No, the problems are still going to come, amen? But you're not dealing with it by yourself anymore. You have hope. You have hope. You have hope. How many of you need God to turn something around in your life today? God, turn it around. God, turn it around. See, I need that. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. speak this from my heart because I'm going through it too. God will get you through this. And not only will he get you through it, your test, listen to me when I say this, your test will become a testimony. Your test will become a testimony. People will come to you and say, I'm going through this, and all you have to do is say, oh, man, I went through that too. Let me share with you how God works. Stop blaming God for everything that you've gone through and realize that what you've gone through is so that you can help somebody else. Amen? You can be that word to someone else. You can say, I've been there. I've seen it. See, 
People will try to comfort my family. But the people that I really listen to is people that have gone through what I've gone through. People who have faced that. I really listen to them because I, I can feel their pain. See, when you go through pain, you become a testimony to someone else. God wants to use you, people. A believer, a believer shares their faith. We also share our pain, don't we? We share our hurt, and we share our trouble. But I want to tell you, the lion's not going to come get you tonight. The lion's mouth is closed. Will you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.